Welcome to Trivially Crucial, where we believe every incomprehensible magic system, ancient mystic leader, planet-eating baddie, and obnoxious neurosurgeon is important and critical to our lives, no matter how unimportant a story may seem. I'm Mandy. And I'm Michael. And today we're talking about Doctor Strange. Yay. Uh, The latest Marvel movie. (laughs) Yeah, the latest Marvel movie. Um, It's only been out as of time of recording for a hair over a week. Um, and I've already and, seen it twice. Yeah, I was going to say, and I'm pretty sure you've seen it multiple times. Uh, I saw it a couple days ago on my own after work. Um, I did see it in 3D, which was fine. The 3D was good, but uh, the ma- my main reason was because that was the largest screen I could see it on. So Yeah, I, I didn't see it in 3D either time I saw it, but I saw it on two very large theaters screens. Um, I, I'm glad I didn't see it on 3D. Uh, I think it would have made me puke. <laughs> Uh, what has, before we get into the movie itself, what, what was your background knowledge of Dr. Strange, if any? Uh, most of my knowledge of Dr. Strange is in how he intersects with other comics. Um, I've never actually read a Dr. Strange comic, um, but Dr. Strange appears a lot with, um, Wiccan in the Young Avengers. Not a lot. A lot is an overstretch, but there is cross there, um, in that Wiccan is prophesied to be the next Sorcerer Supreme. Uh, and then uh, Doctor Strange has also been in like Gwynpool and a couple of other comics. So I've mainly only seen him as a side character uh, in other comics that people go to for magical help. Uh, though even that said, I had already gotten the impression from just that, that he's a little uh, stuck up. Yeah, I same same experience in, uh, for me. I, I basically just side stuff where he was a tangential character who helped out in particular situations and sometimes was annoying while helping out. Um, But uh, but that's about it. So, I mean, I knew there was magic involved. Um, I was curious because, you know, as you and I have spoken before about how they were going to bring Marvel uh, magic into the Marvel universe when their science was already kind of magic. Um, So that was an interesting (laughs) aspect of this, this film to see. And I'm sure we'll talk about that. Uh, Yeah. So this was exciting though. I mean, I like Benedict Cumberbatch and you do as well from my understanding. So, um, yeah, I, w- I was looking forward to this and, uh, I would say that both of us were pretty satisfied with the movie overall, right? Uh, I believe so. Yes. I, th- I thought it was a really well, I-, I guess before we go into spoiler territory overall, like how, how I feel about it. Um, I think it's objectively a very well done movie, uh, holds together pretty well. I've seen it twice. Um, and the second time I was really looking for things that, uh, you know, don't make sense. Uh, and mo- most of it holds together. I mean, when you have magic, right, there's a lot of hand waving. That's literal hand waving. Uh, <laughs> but you can do that because it's magic. Um, and uh, it it's a very strong movie. That said, it's not going to be my favorite Marvel movie. Yeah. Uh, same boat. So uh, I guess we can start off talking about uh, the movie itself. We can start by with the intro. Um, and when we're first introduced, instead of actually being introduced to our protagonist, we're introduced to the bad guy setup. I thought uh, that was an interesting choice to not introduce us to strange first. Yeah. Uh, it was kind of like, wait, what's going on? You know, if you are not a m- person who watches a lot of magic movies, right. Yeah. I feel like that might have thrown a confusion. Granted me and everyone I saw this movie with, we are here for all the magic related movies. <laughs> so, 
Um, but yeah, opens with uh, these unknown bad guys attacking this unknown place, killing uh, a librarian that we don't necessarily know that at the time, stealing some pages from a book instead of just stealing the whole book, which I can only assume is because those books have tracking devices on them. Yeah, it, it feels that that must be the case, right? Right, because um, otherwise you would just take the whole book, right? Right. Uh, and then... Although, you know, it could also just be a plot point. They needed the book to remain in the <laughs> yes. in the library. Uh, I'm going to give them the benefit of a doubt that the crazy cover that book had had a tracking device in it. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and then we're introduced to a female figure who yells at the person who's leaving and says, like, hey, this is going to be bad for you. And then they storm off and fight. And some she kills, neat- like, all of his dudes. Yeah, so- she kill- kills several of them. And with some weird Inception special effects magic yeah because the, the first time we saw it afterwards uh my uh, husband was like what happened to all the didn't at the beginning cassilius that's a bad guy have a lot of dudes and by the end he has like five like what happened to them so the second time i was watching because you know the scene goes so fast when it's your first time right yeah. you're like what is happening so the second time i was watching i was like okay how many dudes actually escape this opening battle and it's not very many not very many bad guys escape yeah several of the bodies are just stuck there in the mirror dimension when yeah. she walks away. So, yeah. Um, and uh, I actually did appreciate how they don't really explain how the mirror d- dimension works before we see it used. Um, so we're like, okay, clearly something is different about this area, but what? Like, yeah, wh- I, I was know? like, why aren't the people on the street seeing this? Like, I don't understand. And of course, it's explained later. Yeah, and I like that, actually. So, um, yeah, Any anything else about the intro? Um, I, I mean, it, the special effects were really cool. <laughs> In my mind, um, the special but- effects were cool. The ancient one's costume is very stark compared to the others, which was a nice visual um, note, I guess. That you yeah. know, the yellow it just it's bold. Um, mm-hmm. Though uh, I, I, there's obviously some sort of color coordinated dress system at Carmitage. Uh, yeah. but, uh, uh, the bad guy, you really have no idea why he's doing what he's doing. Um, so in that sense, it's confusing. And if it weren't for the, uh, cool, uh, graphics, I, I was also the, the librarian getting beheaded was kind of intense. And yeah. I feel like nothing else in the movie reached that level of violence. Um, so if you're still listening to this and you haven't watched it and you're like, what were they going to do with that head? I was expecting them to cast some sort of spell based on this head because it's a magic movie, right? Like maybe they're going to drain his blood and do something with it. No, nothing like that happened. They just behead this guy for no reason. I don't know why they just didn't straight kill him. I don't know why they had to behead him like that. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's some kind of illustration of how cruel they have become before they've even been corrupted by the power that they're aiming to get. But like, Uh, why did the head have to fall in that that bag? bag? It it didn't really make sense unless they were trying to keep the library clean, which, okay. They respect the books. That's yeah. Because <laughs> uh, when I saw that, I was like, oh, this movie is going to be really violent. But it, it wasn't. So yeah. that, that's probably the most violent scene outside of medical stuff. Which yeah, that's a, which we will get to <laughs> now, I guess. Um, so Stephen Strange, we're introduced to next. Yeah. Uh, well, why don't you explain this section, Michael? Because let's be honest. I looked away from the screen for the majority <laughs> of all the medical stuff. Uh, I am super medically squeamish, so. Well, so we're introduced to Stephen Strange, who is clearly obnoxious and also clearly very, very, very talented. Um, you know, others look to him. He's he's basically he's doing one surgery, finishes uh, someone, his friend and I guess former girlfriend. That's the uh, implication. Yeah. She like rushes in, grabs him to work on one of her cases that another neurosurgeon is screwing up. Uh, he, you know, rushes into that 
to the uh, another room, declares that this person is actually not dead yet uh, because something, something reaction to stuff on a bullet. I don't know. But um, some medical speak uh, that is apparently paralyzing a person, giving them a false reading that this person is dead. Uh, he goes in, starts a surgery that is apparently a very delicate surgery, and they've lost so much time that they don't even have time to set up the digital imaging stuff, so he has to do it blind. He succeeds. It's really impressive, I guess. Like, people are kind of in disbelief that he was able to do it. Um, and uh, he's also cocky in the meantime. Like, he intentionally makes the other doctor feel bad, which mm-hmm. the other doctor probably should feel bad for nearly declaring a person dead who wasn't, but... You could probably deliver that in a different way. (laughs) Uh, On the other hand, would that guy have life been saved in any other hospital? You know, so I I don't think it's that the doctor, the other doctor was stupid. I think it's just that Dr. Strange is a genius, right? But he just feels like everyone who's not a genius like him needs to be made to feel stupid. Yeah, but at the same time, it's sort of uh, things wouldn't have come down quite to the wire if they had realized that there was something else going on. Like the from what it seems like someone else could have done the surgery with the aid of all the imaging and stuff. But when it came down to the wire, it was strange. It wasn't needed. But uh, all that to be said, yeah, I mean, there are much more constructive ways to do that. You're like, hey, this is what's actually going on. You know, think about this next time. Um, But anyways, uh, it's kind of a really neat way of getting us on board with the character, I think. because it gets me to feel both some resentment for how rude he is, but also respect his talent all in the same time, uh, all in a pretty compressed piece of time. Um, so I actually feel like this movie did a pretty poor job of making us sympathetic and or like Doctor Strange. Uh, and maybe that's colored by the fact that I work with a lot of Doctor Stranges. Mm. I work with a lot of people who think they are God gifts to the earth. And are smarter than everyone else. And your opinion doesn't matter. And they will come in and tell you to your face, you are an incompetent idiot. What are you doing here? And you know what? I don't like those people. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I was like, okay, so we're supposed to dislike Doctor Strange. Like, off the bat. That's what I'm like. We're, we're not supposed to like him. That That's the implication I'm getting from this. This is the kind of guy who the reason why all of his problems come on himself is because he was driving super fast while distracted in the rain. This is an idiot. Yeah, I mean, he definitely deserves what happens to him next. So, uh, or I, I shouldn't say deserves it, but he brings it on himself uh, is a better way to put that. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I shouldn't say... When I say I, it got me on board with this character, I don't mean that like I liked him, but it got me to feel like, hey, he's not a likable person, but he's really talented and his talents can help a lot of people. Um, which is, I mean, that is what kind of this whole, his story arc in this movie is kind of, you know, based on. And whether they deliver that in a satisfactory way or not, I guess will depend on you or me. But, uh, but, you know, they, the ancient one, when, who we'll talk about later, you know, when she discusses things with him, that is very much what she talks about. She's like, hey, right. look, like you are, you have this amazing talent, but you're using it for you, not for other people, regardless right. of how he's many a, other people you're helping. He's extremely self-centered, right? Uh, he's, he, he won't work on cases where he thinks the people are going to die because that ruins his record. Um, yeah. And uh, so he dismisses people that he could have helped, but he couldn't have gotten them back to, you know, perfect. Uh, and so if he can't get an A, he's not going to do it at all. Um, and they don't pull punches on that. No, you know? no. And, I, and I'm not saying that this movie doesn't by the end that there's no character growth. I, I definitely think there is. I just at the beginning, I'm like, OK, we're not supposed to like this dude. So, yeah, I mean, Christine says it, you know, in his apartment or whatever is like, look, uh, you know, after his injury or is it before or after is before her in, uh, his injury, like in the hospital right after the surgery. She goes and says something along to the extent of is like, yeah, I mean, you're. You would be saving 
you know, yeah, if you worked with me, all you'd be doing is saving one person at a time. But those people's lives do matter. And it's kind of a, it's like, yeah, I, I realize that those are not things that would give you a whole lot of credit and, you know, help you get all kinds of like world renowned, but it's still a big deal. And he just kind of dismisses it. Um, right. Because then, he would just be saving lives. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then after his accident, uh, when he's desperate and trying to find things and gives up and he hears about the person who went to his same physical therapist who did fully recover, uh, Jonathan Pengborn, uh, who is a paraplegic and then was able to walk again and stuff. Uh, we're actually, that's really thrown right into our faces because Jonathan, af after Stephen talks to him, uh, Pengborn actually says like, wait a minute, I do know you. I tried to go to your office to get you to, to operate on me and you refused to see me. And, yeah, and, uh, and even before that, when he's trying to get um, that one last surgery, you know, um, the doctor's like, no, I'm not going to do this. Like, it's impossible. And, you know, sure, it's cutting edge and I could help you, but it would be bad for me, you know, yeah. and, and, and that's the exact kind of thing Dr. Strange would have told other people. So he gets his own attitude thrown back in his face. You know, that's right. why people won't help him. Uh, and he still hasn't grown, gained any humility at this point. No, because this, he, right after that, he, he is horrible to Christine, right? Yeah. Kicks her out of the apartment and uh, when she's just trying to be a friend. Yeah. Because yeah, she's so. his only friend. Like, and she knows that, right? Like, mm -hmm. she knows she's the only person there for them, him. And since she's a doctor, like, I, I and he, he says it's pity and, you know, all this other stuff. But I, I don't believe that's true. I, I think she just wants to take care of people. That's why she's a doctor. Yeah. And uh, Dr. Strange has no one else to take care of him. Yep. Um, and so all of this leads to, and his conversation with uh, Jonathan Pangborn leads to him heading to Camartage uh, because Western magic has failed him. And, or Western magic, Western medicine. It is kind of Western magic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Western healing has failed him. And so he heads East because he's desperate. Uh, which, hey, is something, at least. Um, although, when he gets there, he's still clearly looking for one kind of uh, yeah. answer. Um, the uh, When he first goes in and he makes the assumption about the wrong person being the Ancient One. I mean, let's be honest, any of us would react that way if we heard that somebody was called the Ancient One. You're going to look for somebody who's old. Mm. Um, I, I don't think that necessarily speaks ill of him. That initial reaction is like, oh, okay, well, um, sure. You're not the, it's not the old dude who's the ancient one. It's this woman who is not old. Well, but, I mean, relatively, Tilda Swinton's not young. Okay, but, so in movie terms, she's old, but in real life terms, she's not. Oh, how <laughs> um, old is Tilda Swinton? I'm not sure. She doesn't look uh, very old, though. She's my mother's age. That's not, I mean, that's not ancient, you know? Um, sure, but neither was that other guy. That, that's I wouldn't true. have put that other guy as being much older than, you know, our parents. Uh, so I, I think it more had to do with, you know, it's a dude. Uh, you know, so you expect the leader of this group to be a guy, uh, and you expect the leader of this group to more match the ethnicity of the country that it's in. That's true. Uh, which I'm sure we'll talk about, uh, <laughs> in a, in a minute. But, I'm sure uh, we will. <laughs> <laughs> so he, uh, you know, he makes it to Camartage, um, meets, uh, the Ancient One and Mordo pretty yeah, much at yeah, the same they time. They did not call, in, in the movie, I feel like they said Morda, but it's definitely Mordo. <laughs> So, yeah. but I feel like they were trying to uncomic book it a little, you know, by mm. like making it a soft O. This is completely unrelated to anything other than I was like, <laughs> I thought that guy's name was Mordo. And in the whole movie, they're saying like Morda. And I'm like, am I wrong? Like, and no, it's Mordo. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Why don't you tell me about uh, this introduction? I love Mordo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
Uh, so, you know, Doc- Dr. Strange uh, is brought to Carmitage by Mordo, who hears him uh, asking about Carmitage, right? And uh, clearly this man, being Dr. Strange, is desperate. Uh, and so he brings him in and introduces him to the Ancient One. And of course, like we said, he mistakes the wrong person as the Ancient One. And the Ancient One kind of, no- she knows Dr. Strange. She knows. Uh, so, cause she can see through everyone, right? I, I don't know how, but she can. Um, and well, I guess, no, I do know how, cause she knows all possible futures, right? So she always foresaw right. him coming there. Um, and so she throws him out cause, uh, he, she shows him all this stuff and, uh, blows his mind. And, uh, but she knows what kind of person he is. And she doesn't want to have anything to do with him. So she throws him out of Carmitage. And it's uh, Mordo who um, convinces her to let him in, which I think is important on a couple levels. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one, I think it's because the Ancient One, when we know at the end, right, that she's foreseeing all these different possibilities, but she can't foresee past a certain time, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but she knows to get beyond that time that Mordo and Strange need to work together. And if Mordo had been against Strange from the beginning, that never would have worked ever, right? right. And so I, I think she needed Mordo to be on Strange's side. Uh, and I think she knew if Mordo wasn't on Strange's side, Strange would have even more easily gone the way of Cassilius, right? Which is her great fear, that Strange, being ambitious and not caring about people, will just do what he wants. Yeah. Um, it's a really interesting setup, too. And I guess, you know, this is going to what I'm about to say contains spoilers for the end of the movie, but um, but not explicitly, that's not my intent, is uh, Mordo in the Doctor Strange universe is a bad guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just like permanently, like period. Like he's just a bad guy. Uh, he's, you know, one of one of his consistent ones. And so it's really interesting to start them as allies and then go down that path. And I in really this context, that. it makes sense because the ancient one can't see that point where yes. he becomes a bad one, a uh, bad guy, you know? Yes. Um, so it's really neat that is essentially this bad guy was necessary to bring Doctor Strange into the fold to eventually oppose him. Mm-hmm. Um, is what this is is what it seems like this is going to play out as, uh, which is and, really neat, I think. And I really love I love the friends to bad guys trope because um, I feel like best friends make the best bad guys. Like they know you best, right? right. And uh, I also I just uh, so I knew going in I didn't know a lot about Doctor Strange, but I had this feeling. Like that, this guy whose name I can't pronounce <laughs> had Kaecilius? been cast. No, the guy oh. who plays Mordo. <laughs> oh, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, I was like, he was cast as a bad guy. Like, I feel like I knew that. Like, you know, when people are talking about who is cast as what, and they were like, and this guy cast as this bad guy, Mordo. Like, I feel like that in some level I knew that, you know? And then when he wasn't a bad guy, I was like, oh, I must have like gotten confused. You know, yeah. uh, because I, I thought that character was bad, but I don't really know a lot about Doctor Strange, so I could be mistaken. And then to have them go that way in the end, I, I thought the whole thing was really well done. Because what we I, basically I have here is Mordo is uh, he's a lawful neutral, right? He cannot right. bend, and the rules are the most important thing. Um, and he ca- and he cannot bend to anything that's outside of those rules. Um, and uh, Doctor Strange is more of your chaotic neutral who's like, I just do what's best for me. Well, I mean, I think he becomes chaotic good. Yes. I mean, and, yeah. and I think and I think Mordo changes to lawful evil, right? Okay. That, yeah. that, I think that's their story over 
the course of the movie, but that's not where they start out, right? Mordo is not evil at the start of this movie. He's a caring, compassionate guy who sees Doctor Strange as someone who's hurting and he wants to bring him in because Mordo was there, right? Right. Uh, who, you know, he kind of implies that he had all these enemies uh, that he, you know, wanted to wreak havoc on them for what they had done to him. And the Ancient One taught him a better way. Uh, but he had come to the Ancient One equally, you know, uh, broken. Right. Um, and that's the thing is his stability was, the stability he found was in the lawful part, not the good part, right? Um, and it, which is and, why... Well, I, I think part of it was his faith that the Ancient One was good. But... When he discovered the Ancient One was using a power she had said was bad, it broke his mind. Right, right, exactly. Um, so, yeah, we get into this whole thing. We're introduced to these characters, right? Um, the Ancient One and Strange have a conversation. Strange is just starts freaking out because he talks about Pangborn, and he's like, how did you sever this? And he starts to, she starts to explain it, and then he's thinking, he's trying to come up with, like, medical reasons why yeah. she healed things. You can reprogram cells she's just like no <laughs> I was like that's really advanced and cutting edge it's like well yes and no and not really why do you have no medical board here Be- because she's not practicing medicine <laughs> steven well no, no no he actually says like is that why you're here because you don't have a medical board yeah. to, to stop you from experimental procedures right uh it's really funny um but so she just goes and in her rejection of him initially she shows him just just blows his mind open and he's like please teach me and it's it's the first moment of humility that we see from him mm-hmm. um and it's probably the single greatest moment of humility we see in the entire film from him because he's just completely broken at that point he's like oh i don't really understand anything got it <laughs> um but also it's I'm, that i'm not uh, sure we'll we'll talk about that later <laughs> well so and the thing is for him too it's it's a desperation because it's like right. i don't understand any, any of this but I recognize now there is something to understand, and I'm pretty sure I'm capable of it. So please teach me, right? I, I'm so still not still sure some... even if it's humility. I, I don't know. I have a different connotation, I guess, with the word humility. And this is more desperation, I feel like. Okay. But... All right. Um, well, I mean, I, I'm thinking about it because I feel like there's many different types. Of, humility is often misused, but I feel like this is humility in the way that, like, humiliation shows you humili- humility, right? Um, but anyways, uh yeah, we have this whole reveal. The astral plane is really neat. Uh, shows us a whole lot of weird things. Um, it really quickly gives us a whole bunch of different perspectives. It shows us what it's like for him to be like wandering the plane um, in other dimensions. Shows us the mirror dimension. Also shows just what it looks like to be outside of your own body, but right there, but still present. It also shows you the dark dimension. Yeah, shows us the dark dimension. and it, So it shows us all of that, and all of them are used later. And it's, I think, really neat that we see all of them up front all of the different methods of using the astral projection now, rather than us being introduced to them one by one later and be like, wait, so what are we looking at now? Um, The fact that we get just a, you know, brief seconds of each initially, I think makes it easier to, to track later on. You even see, um, I'm sorry, I completely forgot the name of uh, Dormammu. You even see Dormammu in this. Uh, You see his face in the dark dimension. Yeah. Yeah, you do. Uh, And you don't realize that's what you're seeing at the time. But you notice after when you see him at the end. Uh, so, yeah. Um, again, eventually, sh- um, the Ancient One agrees to bring uh, Doctor Strange in, which we're taught is some of the tension there is how Kaecilius was and that she reminds him a lot of she excuse me. Doctor Strange reminds the Ancient One a lot of Kaecilius, who is the bad guy uh, from the beginning of the, the movie. Right. Uh, and, you know, 
I, it's again, Mordo's the one who basically says is like, well, it doesn't have to turn out that way. And we're going to need somebody like him to face him. So, um, that's pretty cool. Uh, and then he starts his teaching and it's really neat because we see that on the book side, he's clearly really, really fast compared to everybody else, but he's struggling with the actual practice. Um, and, well, and uh, he's got this block of his hands because we, we didn't really discuss it. Right. But oh, yeah, the, the reason why he is so desperate, this accident broke his hands. And as a surgeon, steady hands are like the thing. Right. The right. Thing. And uh, there's also, you know, like there's a, a piano in his apartment at the beginning. And we noticed in the credits, actually, that there's like piano tutor credited. And I have to wonder if there was like a cut scene of him playing the piano, uh, which is also like a hands thing. Right. Um, yeah. And his whole identity was in his hands. And, and now they shake. Uh, he can barely write his name. Right. Uh, and um, uh, so when he's trying to do all of these movements, he's being taught. He thinks the power lies in the movement. Right. right. Uh, so he does the movements and his hands shake and the other students' hands are steady and they can do it and he can't. So he assumes it's because his hands don't work. Um, he assumes it's physical. Until uh, he's shown by the Ancient One, uh, the master he initially mistook as the Ancient One is brought over and it turns out he's missing an, an entire hand mm-hmm. and he can do it just fine. And he's like, oh, well, never mind. <laughs> um, and, and I think that's where, you know, because it's this whole... There's a lot of themes in Doctor Strange, right? Uh, there, there's a ton. Um, I, and, uh, but one of them is becoming disabled, right? And right. learning to live life. And, uh, you know, in, on the scale of things, Doctor Strange's disability is not even that horrific, Right. Right. Uh, he is not living his life in constant pain. Right. He's not, uh, you know, paralyzed from the neck down and unable to do almost everything he did before, which is obviously not to say people can't live their lives like that. Right. I'm just saying right. that on the scale of things that could have happened to him in that car accident. Uh, you this know, is pretty minor. But it's the thing that he needed to live his entire so to do his livelihood, the thing that made him special. Right. Without being a surgeon, he loses his entire identity. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so and he has to learn a new identity, a new a new life. Um, and of course, he's still there thinking he's going to fix his hands. Um, and uh, it, I think it's a really this this is one of our first Marvel movies uh, that really deals with this idea of like being differently abled and still being able to do these things. Right. Like even the guy missing a hand. Right. Like he's missing a whole hand and he's still a master magician. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's pretty cool. I agree. Um, Where's our Hawkeye movie? I'm sorry. That's <laughs> <laughs> so this entire this thing keeps going. He keeps uh, learning. He uh, he bonds with Wong. It's really funny. Um, uh, he right, introduces so I Wong think to it's Beyonce. really funny that the actor who plays Wong, his, his last name, name is, is actually Wong. Wong. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's funny that his first name is Benedict, because I feel like this set must have been very confusing. <laughs> yeah. So you'd like, be like, I guess you would just have to, like, Cumberbatch and Wong would be what you would call these guys? I guess so. <laughs> but, uh, like, you're both named Benedict, and then this one guy's last name is his character's name. Like, out. It, and his character yeah. only has the one name too, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and it's the same actor. Um, he was um, the con in Marco Polo. I, I don't know if you saw that. I've um, not seen it, but it's a very different character. <laughs> so uh, I, 
I was glad to see him in something else, especially since Marco Polo pushes my sensibilities. I don't like extreme violence. <laughs> so I'm like seeing actors in things that I can actually watch. <laughs> uh, so going to Wong, though, uh, one of the things I really like about him is how his character changed. Um, in the comics, from what I have read, Wong is generally essentially like a sidekick. He's like, like a, a manservant. Yeah, and that's uncomfortable. Yes. Um, but in this, is like, no, Wong starts off with more expertise than Strange has by a, a lot more. Like, he's a master. Uh, he's a master who is also in charge of the library, you know? And so we, I'm sure that relationship's going to change as, you know, we'll, we'll get to what Doctor Strange, um, what his role is going to be in this universe moving forward at the end of this movie. But... But it's like, he's much more somebody who is teaching strange things rather than, I, you know, just helping I, I him out. I do think it will be interesting to see how it goes forward because uh, at the end of this movie, Strange has not been called Sorcerer Supreme. Right. But he's got to become the Sorcerer Supreme. Like, I mean, we, that, we know it's inevitable. Um, but, uh, you know, who do you think would have been in charge upon the Ancient One's death? Based on what we see in the movie... I would have thought Morda. He seems to be the Ancient One's right-hand man, right? Yeah. Uh, and after him, back. potentially Wong, but... Right. And so with him gone, it leaves this like... And I feel like that may not be a position Wong wants, you know? And uh, who knows? Who knows? We'll see where that goes. Uh, and it, it's it just also interesting. Seems, it seems like the thing where Strange could only get have that position if Wong lends his authority. Right, because right. Strange is not a master. <laughs> well, like, now he is. Like, yes, the, the ancient one called him one right at the end. But he's been around for so little, I feel right. like there would be political unrest if he was called the Sorcerer Supreme. Political unrest amongst the Karmataj magicians. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, I, yeah, because I feel like if Mordo had stepped into the position, people would be like, eh. Okay. <laughs> That's cool. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, but I, I did like Wong. I uh, I like that, you know, he's obviously got layers that he's not exposing Strange to because he kind of has this uh, almost like professor-student relationship with Strange. So even right. though Strange is trying to make jokes, Wong is like, that's not our relationship, right? Until that, like, that ending point when it's just, ugh. Right. At the end, I feel like is when they're like, we're peers now, right? Yeah. We, we fought this thing together, um, the three of us. Uh, and... Uh, uh, that that's a new level. But, you know, before that, he's like, you can, it's like the professor, you know, that you're trying to be buddy buddy with. And the professor is like, no. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Um, so we, in this context, we learn about the three different sanctums, New York City and London. Uh, wait, New Hong York City, Kong. London and Hong Kong. I, I inserted a comma between New York and city. <laughs> <laughs> There's one in the city. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I think it's I wish they had updated the sanctums for the movie. Um, I, I think there should be at least a fourth sanctum in the Southern Hemisphere. Because <laughs> three Northern Hemisphere sanctums does not the planet Earth cover. Um, yeah. So it, it would have been nice if they just added one more. I don't even care what city like I, I don't care. Like, politically, I don't care anything like that. It just doesn't make sense that all three sanctums are in the Northern Hemisphere. Well, let's do a little, you know, exercise. Where would you think it should go I mean, in terms of, because ideal, or for one, it seems like there's supposed to be cities that were great. Well, considering uh, how- Oh, no, yeah. Considering how cl close London and New York are to each other and how far away Hong Kong is, uh, I think I might go with 
an Australian city. Um, just because then you could make some argument of why New York and London are so close to each other. I mean, relatively planet wise, London and New York right. are close. Right. Uh, and so then you could be like, oh, they have to be in pairs and those pairings, you know, double their power and then encompass the world. And then you'd be like, oh, okay. So Hong Kong and Australia, you know, actually not very close, not as close as London and New York, but still, you know, when you're looking at a map, they seem close. Yeah. Uh, so maybe like Sydney, um, to just to, you know, kind of cover the Pacific. <laughs> I mean, I'm I mean, you just could trying go to Tokyo, imagine, but that's still in the northern hemisphere, so that's that's a fail. Yeah. I'm trying to imagine the just fanboy ire that would rise if you change the sanctums. I, I mean, it, not it that I care about it. It doesn't make I, sense. I don't care about it, but it would be hilarious. Like, like, uh, or it would probably be pretty disgusting actually to see like how much people would object over such a. I mean, I really don't trivial change. All you would have to do is add one. It's not replace one. Right. Let's not yeah. move London to Australia. It's if we just added one in the Southern Hemisphere, I feel like it would make more sense. But yeah, well, uh, you know, it's it's super nitpicky. It's just when I saw that map light up, you know, with where the sanctums were, I was like, well, that's kind of right. ridiculous. <laughs> so, so anyways, this whole thing um, up till now, Strange has basically been learning all this stuff so that he can fix his hands. Yes. Right? yes. Because he knows Pangborn. That's what he did is he fixed his own body and and walks around. And so Strange learns that, and um, and then this is when he learns that essentially... So he learns about the Sanctums, and he learns that this is actually the task of the Sorcerers. When you become a Sorcerer, you protect the Sanctums. And it's your choice to. You don't have to. Pangborn chose not to. Um, but, but he also left. And he left, yeah. So Strange quickly advances, and... You know, he's not really sold on this whole protection thing. He doesn't want to be a soldier. He still only cares about himself, right? Um, He's he's trying to fix himself, and he's like, this is not what I signed up for. Um, That said, at this point, he's not been asked to fight, right? Right. So he's still thinking, like, I can still learn, and it's not going to endanger me. Right. Uh, They did a really, really good thing, too, I think, where they explicitly... Uh, when he gets to the library and he asks about the special books that are the Ancient Ones private library, or where he specifically says, like, so are they forbidden? And um, and Wong explicitly says, like, no, there is no knowledge here that is forbidden, only certain practices. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that is a really good, like, I liked that a lot because it makes sense. It's like, no, 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 you really are allowed to learn anything here. Knowledge is free. You should know everything and uh, about how this stuff works. And then it's just certain practices shouldn't be done. And that's kind of what, that is actually the Kaecilius split, right? It's like, you're allowed to know these things. You're allowed to know how this stuff works. You just really shouldn't do this. And and even then, as we find out in the longer kind of timetable, it's not a matter of the practices themselves being terrible inherently. It's that you really have to understand. Right. I, and I think know. that's the misunderstanding that everyone has, right? Like right. in the movie is that, you know, Strange comes in there and he's immediately like, oh, can I see these special forbidden books? Not that they're forbidden, but, you know, and he's like, yeah, you can see them. You can look at them, uh, but really only at the discretion of a master. Right. And and some of that's just like because he's not mature enough right. in magic or personality to handle it. Right. Um, it's when she says to him, like, if I told you everything there was that you didn't know, you would run away from this place screaming. Right. Right. And so I I don't think it's that eventually I I don't think the ancient one was never going to tell anyone about her drawing power from the dark one. Right. Or it's just that Mordo 
clearly didn't have the maturity for it. Kaecilius right. clearly didn't have the maturity for it. And Strange does and actually handles it <laughs> correspondingly. He's like, oh. And, and for all we know, Kaecilius is the first person he she told and he like flipped about it and this is what resulted. Right. right? And, uh, you know, it, it's not even that the powers are forbidden. It's being able to use that power responsibly, right? It's like playing with knives. You don't give a yeah. knife to a five-year-old. It, it's not that they can't see the knife. It's not that you can't teach them about the knife. It's that they can't, you, you can't trust them with a knife. They're going to yeah. stab themselves or someone else. They're going to cut off their finger accidentally, right? Like, right. Uh, so Dr. Strange, Cassilius, Morda, these are all these kids wanting a knife they can't have yet. And she's just like, wait till you grow up and you can have a knife. And they're just all impatient and like, no, I want the knife now. And because of that, you know, uh, Strange almost like breaks time when he's in there playing with his little eye of, you know, uh, Agamotto. So like, yeah. Uh, and it's 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 great too because clearly Mordo has set in his head the, these rules that are not hard and fast rules, right? Right. Um, and it's the sort of thing where, as often happens when people have these things, where you can clearly poke holes in them with logic. So you know, the eye of Agamotto toward Mordo is just all against any kind of messing with the with the laws of nature and so on. Except that it's like, well, you do realize the eye of Agamotto was made by the guy who started all this. Right. Like, so it existed it for a purpose. Right? <laughs> it exists for a purpose. Yeah. He didn't destroy it. The, the a previous Sorcerer Supreme made this device, presumably for your use, presumably for exactly like a situation they use it at the end, not right. for undoing your apple strange, <laughs> but right. <laughs> Um, but also very neat is, uh, was it, is it Wong who asks him or Mordo who asks him, how did you do that when they, I think it's out? Mordo be, and, and, and strange is like, cause I read about it and they're like, that's not how this works. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, it, and it turns out that they're wrong. Cause it is how it works. <laughs> like, well, it, I, I think they're misunderstanding, you know, for strange, there was this block to the first piece of magic. Right. Yeah. And once he's past that, he's like the, oh no, I can't even make that reference. Because you're still reading Wheel of Time. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to say a- it. He's like the Nynaeve of Marvel. Okay. Oh, I already know that much. Okay. That's, he has so. this block, but once the block's taken away, you can't stop him, right? Like, he's just yeah. got all this power. It's just blocked by his hands. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's... And he's got this innate power. And, and I think that's why, right? That's why the ancient one was partly afraid to take him on as a student because right. she knew he would learn faster than his maturity. Right. Um, and it's almost good for his own development that all this crap happened because it for, sort of forced the maturity on him really quickly. Right. Cause what uh, happens almost right after that, he's literally wearing the eye of Agamotto and boom, New- yeah. London, London sanctum is gone. It explodes and, and the force propels him into New York. <laughs> that, that. Which he doesn't really understand. Not how, over the Atlantic, uh, through the doors. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is a really far uh, way to travel. That's but a huge no. explosion. <laughs> uh, we, they actually stuck him in a cannon and shot him over the Atlantic. That's, <laughs> uh, uh, oh, good time. Yeah, so he's he's thrown into the New York Sanctum, can't find anybody. Uh, and then, you know, he sees one of the other masters, the master who is ostensibly there to protect New York City uh, against... and. He watches him fight and fall to Kaecilius, and uh, and we see Strange actually kind of hold his own against these these people who are fighting him yeah. uh, in a really impressive fight, and they also get saved by the uh, cloak of what is it? Cloak levitation. of levitation. Levitation. That's right. Not the most clever name. Uh, which is the first inanimate object we find with a personality. Um, yes. Which reminds me a lot of the magic carpet in Aladdin. It does. I yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, with the cloak's help, he uh, he, he is able to disable um, Caecilius, and he makes the horrible mistake of removing Caecilius's uh, mouth guard. Which, come on, number one rule, Doctor Strange, you don't let the bad guy talk. Yeah, I don't understand why you would do that. So, uh, but he uh, he he kills someone. Um, well, not not directly. Okay, so I'm skipping. So he uh, he has Cassilius all um, tied up, but then one of the guys he thought he defeated earlier comes and attacks him again, and uh, the cloak helps him and like you know is like holding this guy down. Uh, but this guy like stabbed Strange with this weird like mirror reality knife thing they have going on. Yeah, and so Strange makes a uh, a portal to the hospital gets uh, Christine to fix him. And then there's this whole fight uh, while in astral form, which is pretty cool. It was pretty cool. I really like the, the way that the um, what's it called? The uh, uh, defibrillator is used to yeah, like uh, is like first revive him. And then it's like when he goes and just tells her, like, use it again. She's like, but you're already <laughs> your heart's already beating. He's like, just yeah, and do that it. Can stop your heart when it's used again. Um, right. Which is why you're not supposed to do that. But he realizes that, like, this is what I need in order to win. So, uh, yeah. yeah. And that kills the other guy, which for Doctor Strange is an issue, right? Yeah. Like, he is a doctor. And despite his self-centeredness, he did take an oath uh, to do no harm. And uh, so, and I don't feel like Morda and the Sorcerer Supreme appreciate this. <laughs> yeah, because they're basically like, well, you have to kill to to you know, to do this. And, uh, but it does hit on a thing where, um, we were almost at the point where the ancient one basically says like, Hey, Mordo needs your flexibility. And, you know, and essentially it comes across many times where Dr. Strange has a certain degree of imagination that these people don't have. Right. Um, which is good because if he's going to somehow manage to be source supreme without killing a whole bunch of people, he's going to need to figure out how to use that imagination a lot. Yeah. So, uh, they didn't, uh, Cassilius escapes, but then immediately comes back and tries to blow up a bomb in the New York Sanctum. Uh, and Morda's like, we have to kill him. And Strange is like, I just killed a guy. I don't want to kill them. Uh, and so he transfers him to the mirror dimension thinking, ha ha, you're stuck. You don't have your sling rings. Uh, but apparently having a connection with the dark dimension gives you more power in the mirror dimension. Well, it gives you more power, period, right? Because they're, the Ancient One was surprised when she finds out that Caecilius was moving and changing matter not in the mirror dimension. Right, which I'm still not sure we know how that worked or at all. Um, that was weird. but Because uh, I'm not even sure the Ancient One can do that. Or at least if it, she it, can, I mean, we didn't see it. And either way, like even if she's the only one who does it and just chooses never to, it seems like it's a thing that's contingent upon the connection with the Dark Dimension. Right. right. Yeah. So uh, they're in this mirror universe, and this is where we get the real Inception stuff. This this is the the sequence of events that uh, if I had been in 3D when I saw this opening night, I would have thrown up everywhere. <laughs> mm. uh, there's a lot of uh, if you have any vertigo whatsoever, do not see this movie <laughs> in 3D. <laughs> I, I would advise the same. Yeah. Uh, it, it's all kinds of chaotic, lots of running to things that you don't know you're running to, uh, and basically just running away a lot. Um, it, I don't know. It's a, it's a neat fight that really only gets settled when the, the ancient one appears. But that's also when they realize she's also pulling her power from the dark dimension. Right. Um, yeah. And, and then, that's when that discussion that you mentioned before happens where she's like, Hey, if I told you everything, you'd run away. Yeah. And, but, uh, Cassilius, this is this. 
he uh he like hurts the ancient one and like creates a portal shoves her out uh and she's way above the streets of new york so she just crashes into the ground and is not uh it is not good for her health. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it is not. So, of course, Strange rushes her to his New York City hospital where Christine is working. And once again, Strange is like, Christine! And she's like, oh, my God. But then she sees this woman who is obviously in need of help and is dying. Uh, but then uh, the Ancient One flees into the astral plane. Or not flees, but leaves her body, goes into the astral plane, and Strange follows her. Uh, and they have a conversation that is probably the most important conversation for Strange's character development in the whole movie. Mm-hmm. It is basically the like, dude, it's not about you conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, she basically says, it's not about you. This is the one message you yeah. need to learn. She's is like, the you're missing you the big picture. And it's the way she says it. She's like, it's not about you. You know, it's just so emphatic and like clear. And like, he's missing the whole world. Because he's so focused on himself. Yeah. Uh, and thankfully, he seems to take that to heart uh, in the moment because it's kind of such a big deal, um, which is good because I feel like he spent very little time upset over the fact that she was tapping into the pa- power of the dark dimension because of this. Like, I think if she hadn't died and hadn't had this conversation with him, he would have spent much more time objecting. Well, uh, no, I also feel like Doctor Strange is just more flexible in general and sure. also a little more understanding of you don't give the first year medical student the brain surgery. Right. Uh, and I don't think Doctor Strange so much was bent up in the rules. He just wanted her to admit it. Right. He he yeah. just wants knowledge. Uh, whereas for Morda, it's like this huge... It's like his world has come to an end upon right. learning this, because uh, he had so much invested in these rules. Yep. Um, and so, you know, the fight, that after this conversation, things continue. Um, well, the, she dies, right? Yeah, she um, dies. She is, she is dead, uh, and uh, she had been the Sorcerer Supreme for a long time. Cassilius is still doing his stuff. Oh, this is also the scene, though, where we learn that she sees possible futures, right? Right, um, and that this is the end of it, every single one that she sees. And she can't see beyond that, and she can only see possibilities of what Strange is going to become, but she has no idea what's going to happen, and she can't influence it any further. Um, so uh, she dies, and Hong Kong is being attacked. And it's the last of the three uh, sanctums. Well, New York has not fallen. Right, it's uh, the last to be attacked, I should yes, say. Yes, but I, I think what happened is basically Cassilius was like, I give up on New York. There's obviously people here. We can come back to New York after Hong Kong. Though it also seems like he only had to make two of the sanctums fall. So Yeah, that was a little weird to me. It's like, well, if New York hasn't fallen, why is all of this unraveling in Hong Kong when that falls? Um, That's not clear to me. It's because there's no second sanctum near Hong Kong to boost its power. Yeah, clearly. (laughs) They need a a fourth sanctum. (laughs) You need that Sydney sanctum, I'm telling you. (laughs) The Sydney sanctum. Okay, so, uh, yeah, the, the fight, I think this was really neat in that when they go, it's already fallen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's time to turn back time. Right, and, and it's strange in Mordo. Yeah. Um, uh, Wong was already there, uh, arming the Sanctum with all of these people. Uh, but Mordo and, uh, and Strange were in New York with the Ancient One. And now they go to Hong Kong and they see it's yeah. fallen. And they see it's fallen, so immediately Strange just starts turning back time. Because he still has the eye of Agamotto. <laughs> right. It, it's, it's, it's almost 
comical that it's still on him, but I, at the I same just, time, like, it's like... Why, you know, there was, like, this moment before the London Sanctum blew up where I'm like, why wasn't Wong just, like, put the eye back? And it's right. like, no, they, they yelled at him for using it and then just let him keep wearing it. It's, yeah. It was very weird. I, it feels like they should have made that transition a little bit more jarring so that it was more of a, we just didn't get around to it. Right. Um, I, I agree. I thought that the whole time I was like, well, I mean, this is why he has it on, but come on, guys. <laughs> um, it's kind of like the, the book having the pages ripped out of it so that he can turn back time on it to read the book instead of... Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and so that the other guys don't know the full implications of everything. I, I don't know. Right. <laughs> um, anyways, so the, this fight was really neat because everything else is moving backwards. So... Oh, all, all the chaos is moving backwards while so we're fighting. It's, so. it's unintuitive, right? Like you may right. be looking out for debris, but you're not looking at debris to come towards you from your back towards a building, right? Like, right. Yeah. yeah, it's coming from the opposite direction. You don't know. When a car is flying through the air, you can generally figure out the trajectory it's coming. But when the car has landed, you don't and necessarily know back. where it came from. Yes. <laughs> so it's a very, very odd, a very neat sort of thing um, where it's clear that he can use the eye of Agamotto to free others from from its effects yes um and so they just sort of fall in so uh, mordo and uh and wong fight alongside him but then apparently is it the dark dimension i'm the not dark sure dimension must give them because the dark dimension is free from time theoretically maybe, right sort of yeah but but in light of what's about to happen that doesn't really make a lot of sense like I, it feels like they shouldn't have been able to break free of it so i mean there's two things about it that do make sense right like the they can't break free from it in the sense of uh, they can't stop time from moving backwards, right? Which is kind of the same with Dormammu. He can remember what happened loop to loop, right? He He's not trapped in the loop in a sense that he has no idea he's looping, right? Him and Doctor Strange both know they're looping, Uh but he uh, is still stuck in the loop. He is just aware yeah. of the loop. And I think that's the same of what we're seeing with Kaecilius. They're stuck in time moving backwards. They can't make time move forward, right? Um, right. But they're just aware time is moving backwards. Yeah. Now, so anyways, though, this whole thing happens. Not, is hand waving. <laughs> this whole fight happens. You end up with the two facing each other. Kaecilius says something about like being free from time. That makes him think about, oh, well, okay. So Dormammu, Dormammu doesn't really get time and I can torture him. <laughs> so, uh, so he sets up his loop and it's really neat to see the way he sets it up and we have no idea what's gap happening. And then they cue to that setup moment. So you can see that where he set up the loop. Uh, so that's really neat. And it's also neat how he just doesn't bother to explain to any of the people he's with, because it's like, well, you know, if I finish this, they won't have noticed that I was really gone anyways. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that, that was neat. And, uh, but then, yeah, the entire conversation with Dormammu or the entire loop, it's like, you know, this is, it's like a Dr. Who moment. I mean, how many times did this happen? How many times did he die? How much memory does he have of all those deaths? Uh, I feel like that's a pretty, that's one of those things where post this event, Dr. Strange now has experience that no one else has, you know, like it's a a thing that sets him apart from everyone else. There's a couple of things about this, right? Like this is Dr. Strange's full character development right here. Yeah. Right. He is willing to sacrifice himself and live in this time loop for eternity for everyone else. Yeah. Uh, which is not something he would have done ever before, right? Because uh, why that that that's supposed to be the whole point that he's willing to sacrifice himself for everybody else uh, and have his eternity be eternal torture to save everybody else. I think the problem with this scene is that it's kind of played for laughs, 
Uh, and I think that takes away a little bit of the emotional impact. I see. I, I mean, it was funny at first, but by the end, like most of us in the audience stopped laughing and it just felt weighty to me. Um, I'm not saying that they couldn't have maybe done that a little bit better if if you felt like it was played for laughs. Um, then there was maybe a lot they could of laughing in both showings I saw it in. Hmm. It's interesting. Um, I don't know. There there was some early on and then afterwards it was just kind of like a this is going to keep going. Um, I, I do think, yeah, maybe if they had tried, pulled a little bit more from, say, Doctor Who and had it really like have him be in pain each time or yeah. something or like have him, you know, make it feel brutal right. towards like the end. Right, can't face you know? it, right? Yeah. yeah. But that he continues to do it each time. Um, maybe like see him hesitate sometimes, but say it again and then say it again and then say it again, you know. Um, uh, and maybe have the conversation go 30 seconds longer where it's, you know, where it really drives home to like, you know, yes, I will deal with this pain and suffering for eternity because he does say the words and he gets that meaning across. But I, I could see a case for for deepening the impact that that has. Uh, I also um, and I did not see this when I watched it. It was pointed out to me uh, by one of our friends. Uh, shout out Mary Chase. Uh that uh, a lot of th- another theme of this movie is um, acceptance, fear and acceptance of death. Yeah. Um, that, you know, kind of everything strange is going through is almost that fear of death, right? Trying to cheat death, trying to, you know, the, the, the whole stop his hands from shaking, you know. And by the end of it, he is willing to accept death and that it must come. And the same with the ancient one, right? Like she is extending her life. She is, you know, doing what she thinks is best for the world, but extending and extending. And even in the end, she is anxious about dying, right? But she accepts it and she dies. Uh, and uh, so I, I didn't see that the first time. But on the second time after this pointed out to me, I, I was like, wow, this movie is, there is a lot of that in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, there really is. Um so, uh, I mean, in, in the end, that does come across in here, like, so much of his character growth. And we have no idea, essentially, how much of his subjective life he has spent in that time loop. Right. right? Uh, dying, <laughs> repeatedly. Uh, but in the end, it's, it's kind of a, that, that one moment can be a thing that can point to his essentially earning Sorcerer Supreme. Um, it's like, well, he did put his life down for Earth, and he, uh, and he, he was punished for it a lot. Um, but uh, he cut a deal. And, which is not a thing that someone like Mordu would have been able to do. Uh, oh, know. before we move much much further, I, w- I yeah. want to give a moment to shout out to this movie for successfully doing what the Green Lantern and the Fantastic Four 2 were unable to do. A planet-eating villain that turned out Oh, yeah, out well. yeah. <laughs> like, when, when uh, in, in the first time I watched this movie, when they're like, and we have this planet-eating bad guy, Dormammu, I was like, dear Lord, this is going to go horrible. Right? Because every movie we've had before with this kind of amorphous planet-eating bad guy, whether it's Galactus or the one on the Green Lantern, whose name I do not know or care. Yeah. Uh, which all I remember is it was like a yellow cloud. Um, yeah, um, it I should know, and it's not coming to me right now. But, you know, these planet-eating bad guys, they just failed, right? To, to get across the magnitude and the, you know, the depth. And here, I think it succeeded in that the planet-eating bad guys... Uh, surrogate on Earth was a bad guy who was really like the bad guy they were antagonistically fighting against. There was no fighting against Dormammu. There was just annoying him to death until he made a uh, a bargain. Right. Right. We do not have the power to face Dormammu, but yeah. we can torture him with lack of freedom. Right. Right. <laughs> uh, and uh, whereas you know whether it was Galactus or Yellow Cloud, uh, you uh, know Parallax. Parallax is his name. 
Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> uh, you know, their surrogates on the earth were not, you know, the silver surfer is not actually a bad guy. <laughs> uh, yeah. And uh, the, the green lantern was just weird. Uh, and so uh, shout you out. Just that, say bad. Yeah. <laughs> shout out that Marvel actually proved you can have a planet eating bad guy and it work. So yeah. good job, Marvel. <laughs> yes, definitely. Shout out to that. Um, yeah. So after this whole thing goes, uh, Mordo's disgusted with strange for having uh, broken the rules to stop other people from breaking the rules. Yeah. It, it's a very weird. It's like the rules had already been tossed out the window. It's like, well, the earth is gone. So right. what, what does it really matter anymore? I, I think it's not so much strange. I think it's having his entire faith system with the ancient one. And I think yeah. strange is just ancillary to that. Yeah. Um, so uh, then we see strange returning the eye and uh, we look, <laughs> and then we learn it's an infinity stone. Aww. So, uh, how, which, can we do an infinity stone count? All right. We have got the Tesseract. We which have- is, which one? Oh. Which infinity stone is that? Uh, you're going to make me figure out which ones they are. Yeah. Cause uh. I think they tell us, right? Um, infinity man. stones. I'm going to have to Google it. Oh, I just spelled that wrong. Okay. So we've got the, the space stone is the blue one in a Tesseract, right? Then the mind stone is yellow, and that is uh, Loki's one, scepter. Yeah, and it's the one that Vision has. Yeah. Okay. Um, and there's reality the ether. Stone. Is that uh, well? Because they use different names for the Infinity Stones in the film the versus ether the Infinity Stones. Is Gems. reality. Um. So that's the okay, one so in that's, Thor too. Right. Power is the orb Purple. in Guardians of the Galaxy, and then obviously the Eye of Agamotto is time. Cool. So and that so just then leaves soul, you know, which is interesting choice here that uh, Vision has the Mind Stone and not the Soul Stone. But yeah, hmm. I just because because I, I feel like computers have, in a sense, a mind in that they have an engine that's capable of making decisions based on inputs, right? But yeah. they have no soul. So, but whatever, Vision has the Mind Stone. <laughs> Uh, and we've also seen, I think that in Guardians of the Galaxy, when they were talking about it, we've seen what the Soul Stone looks like, and it's orange. Mm. Uh, and we've also seen uh, that Thanos has a left-handed gauntlet, right? And that there is, uh, in Thor, in Odin's Vault, there's a right-handed one. You know, people say that, but I've never been able to see that. I have watched that movie on slow. I have done a screen-by-screen go through of Odin's vault and I've never seen a gauntlet. So I, people say that, but I don't believe it. Hmm. So yeah, Interesting. that's well, not the first time I've heard that said, but I still have not seen it. Um, all right. Well, either way, there's going to be a gauntlet involved. That is presumably someone is going to manage to put all six stones in. I find it really hard to believe that someone will, that any of the heroes we've seen will be able to fight against that if that happens, but uh, maybe they'll convince me. We still have because Captain just, Marvel. Yeah. Oh, which, by the way, did you catch the uh, what seems to be a Captain Marvel reference in this movie? Which one? Uh, when Strange was uh, in the car before his accident and he was rejecting cases, uh, people's cases to, like, you know, help out with. There was one where it mentioned, like, a woman in a plane, like, hit by lightning or something like that. No, it wasn't a woman, but she had, like, a chip in her brain. So it could be a Captain Marvel reference, but it's not necessarily. And also, we so we don't know. It, it could be. Yeah. I mean, literally it's, a, have it's no an idea. open door thing, but, it's, but it felt like one. It could also be that she's the 35-year-old lieutenant colonel in the experimental armor. Oh, uh, that's true. 
because they confirmed totally that that is not Rhodey. And Rhodey is not 35. So even if Marvel wanted us to buy that, I'm not buying it, Marvel. <laughs> That's true. Either one of them could be... Uh... So we have no idea how they're going to change Captain Marvel's origin story. We just know they will change it, right? Because they cannot keep her original origin. There, There's no Kree warrior coming to save her from a nuclear blast and get like, or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, anyway, uh, so yes, end of the movie. Uh, so we have no Sorcerer Supreme. Right. Uh, and, uh, and that is going to leave the door open for others to potentially attack when they find out. But Strange is now in the New York Sanctum because he right. is the master of the New York Sanctum as granted to him by the previous Ancient One. Briefly in a throwaway Well, sentence. the previous Sorcerer Supreme. The Ancient One is actually just her. Like, that's not a title that passes on from what I understand. Right. 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 I, yeah, I think so. that's true. <laughs> like, um, I think she's just the ancient one because she's lived a really long time. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and that's kind of how the movie ends. Morda, you know, credits roll. The movie has ended with the credits start rolling. Morda is gone. He can no longer be a part of Carmitage. Uh, Doctor Strange is in New York. And, uh, and Wong, Thor is visiting him. <laughs> Wong is oh, still in... Um, uh Carmitage. Carmitage, which is apparently not a sanctum i don't know it's confusing um and it's like a nexus from which you can get to any of the sanctums yeah um so uh then we have the first cutscene, which is gold and yeah we, we see strange talking to thor um about loki being brought to earth to search for odin yes which thank you marvel for loki not having committed patricide i really appreciate that <laughs> some uh, things you can't come back from i'm looking at you kylo ren uh so i am glad <laughs> uh, it's really you. funny uh just uh the beer sequence was great oh, uh yes like i don't drink thor's... what do you drink <laughs> and then uh thor's just disbelief at the mug like his gleeful disbelief <laughs> you know he's like well okay which i feel uh, like is not because they don't have that kind of stuff on asgard i think he's just kind of shocked to see that kind of stuff on earth yeah i agree um and it's also cool just to see how how comf- like how casually this stuff has come to strange now. Like he's clearly just gotten comfortable with the magic thing. Um, Though obviously still not comfortable with his hands because he's wearing gloves in this scene. Right. Um, so th- this whole thing's neat. Uh, it does set us up for Loki and Odin and all that. But also when Strange says the the conversation is like clearly he just wants all these people gone. Like, he wants them off of Earth, right? Like, get out of here. <laughs> but it also kind of insinuates Strange is going to be in Thor 3. Yeah, it does, which I think is really cool. Um, and I would look forward to that, because he probably fits in better with Thor than any of the other Marvel characters does. And if you're going to put a Marvel character on Loki to be watched, other than Thor, who is not very trustworthy when it comes to Loki, yeah. uh, then it's it's going to be uh, Doctor Strange, right? Because Captain America can't stop him. Iron Man can't stop him. No one can stop him. I, you know, I, I don't even think the Scarlet Witch at this point yeah. could stop him. Well, and, and it makes sense, too, because he's the only one who's really dealt with multiple dimensions at this point mm-hmm. and things that look to us like magic, but clearly aren't. There's some kind of multidimensional science, you know? Uh, which I guess we didn't really talk about the magic in this the incomprehensible much. magic system. Yeah, I, I just decided that it's essentially a science. The same way that all of the stuff that Thor and them like, it's not a magical alternate world. It's a different dimension, and they're aliens. 
Like that's what it feels like the magic in Doctor Strange is too. Is like, hey, you were tapping into other dimensions the, and just the using thing their stuff. That they'd never truly explain is okay. You're pulling power from other dimensions, and you say spells, but they're like programs to do that or whatever. But it doesn't explain how it works. Now I understand that this is a movie. There's not a lot of time to explain these things, right? But like, why do you need a sling ring? Why couldn't you do a portal without a sling ring? Uh, is it too much power? Uh, could it be done if you're the ancient one? Right? Like, uh, and, um, you know, why do you like, and, and I think they're trying to get almost at this with strange, right? And how he's kind of skirting the rules and what needs to be done. But like, if you're just but pulling power from rule. other dimensions, do you even need to say the spell? Well, it doesn't sound like it because sometimes when they when they do portals, it's just like hand motions, right? Right, but they have the sling ring, so I assume this oh, is like yeah, a doctor, like a sorry, a Jim Butcher. The sling ring has programs built into it, if you will. Uh, maybe that so, you're tapping yeah. into with your movements. Uh, and I mean, some of this stuff is obviously movements, like when he does the Eye of Agamotto. That's very clearly movements. But to get the par- power of the Dark One, they had to say like a spell, right? They were like chanting. Right. Um, so it, it's and once again, it's a movie, so movies don't have ta- the same time to develop magic systems that books do. Which I totally get, but it just, it was very like, okay, I just have to accept that this magic works and we're never going to understand how. <laughs> right. But yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Uh, the whole thing, the Marvel universe has been very iffy with its science, so it's fine for it to be iffy with its magic, I guess. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm willing to buy it. Science doesn't work. So, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, what else? So then we get the we jump from the mid credit scene to the ending scene after the credits, and that's when Mordo becomes a bad guy and visits Pangborn, who is the person who uh, he's the person who Strange found and told him about Kamartage mm-hmm. in the first place. And, and we also uh, discovered that the reason why he can walk now and Doctor Strange's hands still shake is because he uses all of his magic constantly to give him the ability to walk. Right. So Doctor uh, Strange would have to sacrifice his power and magic for his hands or vice versa. Right. Um, and so in the moment though, uh, so Mordo visits him and steals his energy to walk, which is a weird mechanic we haven't seen. Um, like the idea of stealing someone else's energy is different and I'm not really sure how that works. Uh, I'm not even I sure I buy that. It, that will yeah. be explained in Dr. Strange too. Cause I assume Mordo will be the bad guy. Yeah. He probably should be. Uh, and then, uh, but yeah, Mordo, leaves him a paraplegic again and uh, and then says that he's discovered the real problem and that's that earth has too many sorcerers um, no more mutants wait yeah. wrong thing <laughs> <laughs> uh so yeah it's uh all said and done i was pretty happy with the movie um two thumbs up yeah me. i mean i think objectively it's a very well done movie i think strange falls a little bit flat um not as, not even as a character just that he's he's a very believable character um, but he almost seems like a poor man's Iron Man in personality. Um, in that, uh, Iron Man is a lot more charismatic than Doctor Strange. Uh, and they, I, they felt this need in the movie to try to make Doctor Strange think he's funny. Um, which I'm not sure was entirely necessary. because <laughs> uh, Doctor Strange has never come across as having a humor to me. Um, and I feel like that would have differentiated him more from Iron Man. But the fact that they feel, felt this need to press this, weird humor on him almost made him seem like he was trying to imitate Iron Man. Um, uh, which was strange. <laughs> uh, but uh, that said, I know a lot of people, a lot of people 
like Doctor Strange, and I do not know a lot of people like Tony Stark. So uh, Doctor Strange's personality is, I would say, far more common in this universe than Tony's, because not many engineers are playboy billionaire philanthropists, right? But I imagine a lot of surgeons and scientists and engineers and people who think they're awesome are like Doctor Strange. Can we also talk about, um, just because you're talking about humor and my one of my favorite parts of the whole thing was the, uh, well... Mr. Strange? <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, I was going to say, Mr. Doctor. Doctor. Mr. Doctor. Strange. Strange. Yes. Yeah, it, it is, but who am I to judge? <laughs> <laughs> so good. Uh, that, that was, was such a good scene. I, I We laughed see, so hard in the theater. That's the kind of humor I think the movie should have had. That's not a humor of Doctor Strange trying to be funny, right? That's a right. humor of a situation and people misunderstanding each other that in the moment is hilarious. Uh, but it's not Doctor Strange trying to make, I don't know, a Beyonce joke. Right. What was the uh, final joke that uh, Wong actually laughed at? I'm not sure. What? Oh, was it even a real joke? It was. I don't think it was a joke. It was, it, something, it was something Strange said, and Wong just found it hilarious, which I put down to you know having just fought for his life and adrenaline. Uh, <laughs> right, and he's just laughing, and he's like, "What? It was funny." <laughs> uh, definitely laughed at, at that a lot, um, and partially because Strange's jokes aren't funny. So yeah. yeah. Uh, good stuff. Um, I, I mean, all said and done, I'm pretty satisfied. I'm excited to see him in Thor, uh, and I'm excited to see how this whole thing unravels. I'm glad that we just have one Infinity Stone left. Um, I'm wondering though, because that's one Infinity st- Stone to find, but then there's the gathering them. Yes. Right. Yes. Which some, is a whole different. Which thing. where are they? Right. Like the Tesseract is on Asgard. The Ether, I presume, is still with the Collector because even though his collection blew up, I think he still has, you know, other places he keeps things. So I imagine he still has it. Um, The Power Stone is with the Nova. um, And uh, the Mind Stone is with um, Vision. So that puts two stones on Earth, the Eye of Agamotto and the Mind Stone. Um, Yeah. And three in space, not even in the same place in space, not even close to each other in space. So I don't know how they're going to And then the that. fourth, and then the last one. We have no idea where it is. Yeah. So it, it's a fascinating thing, too, because you think about the amount of time it's taken to reveal them. Are they going to make the mistake of putting the gathering them into one movie? Or are they going to drag it out to where it's like each one is collected by Thanos in one or two movies? I mean, excuse me, uh, that that one or two stones is uh, like are collected per movie for a while. You know, I, I don't know how they're going to do that. I don't either. Because uh, this is a thing that they could really screw up by just dragging it out too long, but they could also I screw mean, it up it by doing it too really quick. it would be really easy for Thanos to take, say, uh, Xandar, right? I, I don't think right. Xandar can stand up to Thanos. Uh, so if they did that in like a five-minute cutscene of, you know, Glenn Close's Nova Prime character being like, we're under assault, and then you just see that. I could see that. But we better see longer with Asgard getting taken. Like, well, Right, exactly. I mean, <laughs> I think tops you could get two into one movie. Yeah. Right? But you can't do you can't do three or four. And, and I feel like the either. final one has to be Visions because that's going to knock Vision out as a character, right? But yeah, it, it remains to be seen what is gonna what is gonna happen. And presumably, you know, Vision will be knocked out as a character. The fight will happen, and then you get to bring him back after you know right. Thanos is defeated. Right. I don't think so. he'll be dead. I think it's just you have to get the Mind Stone back. Otherwise, right. he's just which will you know motivate Wanda. Yes. So Robot that'll love. be a that will be a big uh, big motivator for her to be involved, and her power is formidable. So yeah, and maybe Doctor Strange will teach her. Maybe so. Oh, that would be fun. Uh, so do we want to talk about the elephant in the movie? 
which is the ancient one. Yeah, yeah, we do. Um, she's white. <laughs> a white lady, um, which in the comics, she is not a white lady. Right. Uh, she is a uh, Tibetan, I believe, man. Right. And it's very interesting because um, what's the director of this movie? Um, Derrickson. Derrickson. I don't he, know his first name. <laughs> and I only uh, know that because I'm looking at the Wikipedia page. Did you uh, read his interview about the... Scott. Okay. Scott Derrickson. Scott Derrickson, yeah. So I read his interview and I believe his intentions, which is that they wanted to make it a woman, which when you look at this movie, how many women are in this movie? It's right. not very many. Yeah. So, so they, it, the movie benefits from her being a woman. Right. And then say. they were afraid of falling into the dragon lady stereotype. Right. Right. And then if you had made her any other race, you still have the problem of a white guy learning from like, you know, whether it's mystical uh, black woman is a common trope. Right. Right. Uh, as exhibited in the Matrix. You know. Right. Uh, it's it's fairly common. Uh, now, there was a way this could have been fixed. And that is if Doctor Strange had been any other race. Doctor Strange's whiteness is in no way tied to him. And yeah. I get why in the 70s, you might have been like, well, to be a powerful certain and because they made all their characters white, right? But in the 70s, I can see you being like, well, the only high ranking surgeons are white. Right. But that's not true anymore. Um, he literally could have been any other race, any. And it could it would have fixed that problem. I feel like that the the ancient one could have been white. And then people would be like, sure, you made the ancient one white, but you made Doctor Strange name a race. Name you know what, though, race. too, is I think <laughs> that the fear of falling into the dragon lady stereotype is like, well, you know, there's also just the standard stereotype of Asian dude who knows martial art. Like, it's not you don't have to avoid every single one. I just, you know, if it damages representation, just do something different with it. Right. There um, are ways to subvert tropes, right? Yeah. I, so I, I would have much rather, I think the best outcome would have been just make her an Asian lady and just be careful with how you write her, you know? Um, and right. then don't just make her, other. what what is it? Madam Gao in Daredevil is right. your standard dragon lady stereotype. Right. Right. Unknowable has some sort of mystical power we barely know about. And has motives we don't understand and is controlling things in the background. And we know nothing about her. The show has not developed her in any way. So she is nothing beyond that trope, right? Because we right. know nothing about her. But uh, if you handled her basically just like you handled Tilda Swinton and maybe maybe even made her a little bit more emotional, like a little bit more transparent on emotion in that last conversation, I think you deal with that. Like she's not an unemotional person with no transparency. It's like, oh, by the end, you know what you get her, you know? And that that right there subverts the dragon lady trope. Um, I think so. Or even I, like making her, they're in Nepal, make her a, a, a ne Nepalese uh, yeah. woman, you know, then it's, she's, she's Asian, but she's not the type of Asian normally associated with that stereotype. Yeah. She's not Chinese or Japanese. Right. right? And like, it doesn't have as strong of tones of magic woman of color as say a black woman or a native American woman would have. Right. Because right. we just don't have a lot of, literature with people of that ethnicity in it <laughs> you know so, you can also do too is have a whole like a little bit more time observing the students and have them just be an array like while also having her being an, an asian you know, a woman who is asian um 
if you also have the students be just a variety of, you know. I, I think they made an effort to that of having the students being a variety of colorful. I still think they defaulted white more than they should have. Right. Um, right, right. But I, I, I think I feel like they tried. Well, but I mean, <laughs> more visible interactions with her, with the students. Oh, yes. So it's like you just like if you have her as an Asian woman and you have her interacting with black woman, Asian man, you know, Native American man, uh, Indian woman, you know, so it's like South Asian. Like If you have a whole bunch where it really is just like a motley crew of people. And then she happens to be an Asian woman who, you know, that kind of maybe ties more into the, okay, she's been around for a long time, like the ancient, the ancient one trope, but like the times have changed. Um, I think inevitably the problem here is not Dr. Strange in itself. If Dr. Strange existed in a vacuum, the movie, we'd probably be like, meh. I think the problem is this is the 14th Marvel movie. Yeah. 14 have been led by a white male who all have a black sidekick, right? Uh, yeah. And a white love interest uh, who uh, Guardians of the Galaxy accepting because it's just crazy. Yeah. How, how do you cal- characterize a tree sidekick? Who knows? Um, right. And, uh, I, you know, there. this movie was a good movie, right? Objectively. But the fact that it has these problems and it's the 14th. This is not Iron Man. This is not 2008 right? This is 2016 after 14 movies. And we have more guys named Chris than we have, you know, women of color in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The only women of color in the Marvel Cinematic Universe are in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, and and, and, uh, 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 the nurse. Yes. Well, I mean, um, what's her name? Uh, The lead actress in Luke Cage. um, The What's her name? Misty Knight. Misty Knight. Yeah. Yes. But but it's, it's TV. It's not they're not in the movies. Right. 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 And, you know, the only Asian actors we have right now are in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. This was a movie, yeah. and Wong, obviously. Uh, you know, this this was the movie that should have had more Asian representation. And the fact that they took that Asian role away and gave it to Tilda Swinton, not that she didn't do a fantastic job. She was great at this role. You know, she Absolutely. did an amazing did job. job. But it, that's why it's troubling to people. Because you have 14 movies, and I can name all of our Asian characters on one hand. Right now, Sky, May, uh, uh, Wong. Uh, am I forgetting anyone? Mm, no, I don't think so. Oh, and all the oh, bad no. guys in Daredevil. Thank you. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> like, uh, uh, yes, every bad guy in Daredevil is Asian because reasons. But uh, we've talked about that before. Go see our Daredevil. I mean, on one one slightly positive note, they did change random European dude, Mordo, to a black guy. Yes, so. <laughs> I do kind of feel bad for actor whose name I cannot pronounce because I feel like he's kind of been typecasted into this role now. Yeah. <laughs> and and maybe it's just because, I mean, because he was in Serenity, right? Like, uh, yeah. um, and I'm like, they like cast him in another role, like the role in Serenity, <laughs> mm-hmm. the rule following guy. And he also was in Love Actually, but his character got the short shrift in that too, because his best friend secretly loves his wife. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah. I'm, I'm sure he's been in a lot more movies I just haven't seen. And obviously, uh, he was in um, The Martian, and his role in that was not like this. And I, I believe he was in 12 Years of Slave, which I have not seen because it sounds it's, traumatizing. It's pretty brutal and <laughs> traumatizing. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I think he's had a lot more other roles. It just so happens that the ones I have seen have seemed similar at this point. <laughs> Uh, but he did a great job in this role, and I loved his character. So I I did too. Um, it's it's really weird that fourteen movies in Marvel still hasn't figured out this casting thing. No, 
Because, it, it, I mean, and what it means is that they're not putting the effort in. That That's all it means. There is no real, there's no excuse. There's no good reason. This long in, like, you could say the first couple of movies is like, all right, that's, that's ignorance. Now that we're aware, we can fix it. But that it's gone this long, it's like, they're doing a bad job, period. Which, you, and know, they, and, you know, okay, so I like Benedict Cumberbatch. But yeah, I, I, love I, the I feel guy. like his name, and, and regardless of race at this point, like, you did not need a name for this movie. I, I, like, this is a Marvel movie. At this point, people trust Marvel, and they're just going to see them because they're Marvel movies. Like, I know people who are at this point, like, the only movies I see in theaters are Marvel movies. Yeah. And uh, because they want to see them. And it didn't matter. You could have cast Michael Gabriel as Doctor Strange, <laughs> and uh, people would have gone to see this movie. And then tanked your movie's ratings. Yeah, well, that's just because <laughs> but... you're not an actor. But, you know, like, you could have cast a no one, which is a bit basically what they did in Thor, right? The only name they had in Thor was, well, they had two. They had Jane Foster, right? The love interest. Uh, yeah. And they had Anthony Hopkins as Odin. Those were their names, right? But Thor and Loki, the two main characters, at that time, Chris Hemsworth and Tom Hiddleston were no one. Yeah, and, th- that's the movie that really made them break out. Right. And, and Ant-Man is another one that's similar. Um, my husband and I were talking about this the other night. The name, the star power, the only star power you needed in Ant-Man was Michael Douglas, right? Ant-Man. I don't know that you even needed that. I, I think if you. If you felt you needed a star, Michael Douglas is enough of a star for a movie, right? Like, yeah. uh, you did not need Paul Rudd. Uh, and once again, Paul Rudd did a fantastic job. He is just freaking way too old for Ant-Man. I am sorry. He is way too <laughs> old. That character should have been played by a 30-year-old. And they cast someone who was 43. Ant-Man had had like a six-year-old daughter. So presumably he's been in jail for six years. Maybe you can be like, he has a master's degree. Okay, so he graduated at 24. Maybe he worked for two years, discovered his company was bad, and stole from them, went to jail. Man is 30, not 43. Um, and, but once again, they felt this need to have a star name associated with it. And I, and I don't know why Marvel's going that route, you know? And, and that's what's, I feel like making them even more afraid to say cast Benedict Cumberbatch, Dr. Strange as, you know, heck, you could have cast Dr. Strange as a Hispanic, but white passing person, right? Yeah. And people would have been happier than they are now. Even if he looked white, you could be like, well, I know this guy, like, uh, say he's too old for the role, but um, the guy who played Gail B- Bale Organa in uh, episodes one, two, and three, uh, he's Hispanic. Uh, but if you don't know that, you don't know that, right? Like, right. so if they were worried about racists or China or whatever, like that—that's one way to do it. It's a—it's a cop out, maybe. Well, I mean, one of the things they did to address China is they moved this to uh, Nepal. Uh, Nepal from Tibet, right? Yeah. Which is all kinds of frustrating and then but once again you didn't have to cast a tibetan to be the ancient one you could have right. cast a N- nepalese i'm sorry i cannot nepali say. nepali I think, I think i think you can say nepali like with an i okay a nepali person <laughs> i apologize for not knowing what people from other countries and different countries are called <laughs> yeah i th- apparently it looks like nepali and nepalese are alternatives that you can you say either one okay so so if Nepali is easier for you. <laughs> yeah, but Nepal's not a country that has this political issue with China, as far as I know. Like, so what would that have hurt, you know? Or, heck, a, a Japanese person. <laughs> anyone. Yeah. Anyone. Korean. Yeah, I, they Pink. really, I, they need to be hiring explicitly for an eye of diversity when they're doing these they movies. They still think yeah. at this point the sidekick being black is enough. Yeah, and that's that's painful. Um it's really, and I think that the problem is maybe 
they're writing the scripts first. And it's like, no, 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 you need to write this. Like, I think I the problem is there is no overarching casting director. I mean, there might yeah. be, maybe there is, and I, but I mean, Kevin Feige, there, there isn't one with this is in mind. Producer of the Marvel universe, right? Whose just idea is cognizant story overall, right? But I don't think right. he's like in there every day by any means, right? Yeah. Uh, you would think there's some sort of casting director or casting statistics person or something who's just looking at trends and things like that and being like, you know, the person who says, looking at this movie, oh, you only have two women in that. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> Granted, uh, one of the bad guys, sidekicks who are like nameless, I think like two of them are women. Um, but uh, Rachel McAdams' role was not excessive in this movie. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, so the ancient one was pretty much the the main female character of this movie, right? But yep. it's still sad that we can only have like, like the only Marvel movies that regularly pass the Bechtel test are Thor. And my understanding is neither Darcy nor Jane are going to be in Thor 3. So oh, that's painful. I love Darcy. Even even if Jane doesn't want to be in it, why why can't Darcy be in it? Like, uh, I just don't know. Oh, well. I don't know. But well, hopefully Captain Marvel and Black Panther are coming. And you know what? Mary Jane was Zendaya was cast to play Mary Jane. So even if Spider-Man is painful that we have another movie, at, at least we have that. Um, yeah. Uh, I I mean, fingers crossed that they'll keep turning out good movies and that will give them an opportunity once they realize that they're screwing up this particular aspect, you know, like because it would be worse if it's like, oh, the movies tank and then they start doing it. Right. I'm going to be really interested to see if they're able to commit to Black Panther being a mostly black cast like they did with Luke Cage. I really hope so. I would hope so if it takes place in Africa. Yeah. Like, I, I, you know. Maybe you could have a cameo of, you know, one of our Marvel guys, right? Like Bucky's in a tube in right. Wakanda. Sure. <laughs> well, and, and Cap is presumably there, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't know if Cap is living in Wakanda or, you know, Cap could be rogue vigilante across the world at this point. Who knows? Yeah. yeah but I, I hope the background characters, I, I hope everyone in the movie is majority uh, black. And we'll see if Marvel is able to commit to that. Yeah. I would hope so, but... Well, fingers crossed. Uh, In the end, though, good movie. Good movie that missed an opportunity that it really was prime. uh, It was really in a prime position to execute on. So, all right. Well, uh, until next time, (laughs) (laughs) Um, I guess you want to sign us out. Uh, Yeah. Like we said, moral of the story. This was a great movie. We ended on kind of a downer, but, you know, we we liked this movie and I'm looking forward to seeing Doctor Strange and Thor 3. And I'm really looking forward to Thor 3. So, uh, yes, till next time, uh, you can follow me at Twitter, um, at Brown underscore Aja, A-J-A-H. You can follow Michael at Ahim, A-U-H-I-M. And you can follow the podcast at Triv Crucial. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye.